Welcome to the Altruistic Traveller podcast, interviews with influential changemakers from around the world. That recycling is no longer sufficient to, to deal with these. That type of volunteering actually is proving to be more harmful. Trying to eliminate poverty. I mean, they didn't see me that way. They see me as a human being, someone who needs help. Be inspired, educated and moved by global initiatives making this world a better place. For more stories and resources, please visit thealtruistictraveler.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Altruistic Traveler podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Nadia Greenwood Fatui, or NADS for short, who is the founder of Manira Palm Marrakesh, an eco villa overlooking the Atlas Mountains in Morocco, located in the northwest corner of Africa. Manira Palm strives to create authentic Moroccan experiences in eco-luxury and upholds values of community, culture, and conscious travel. It's often described as a hub for healing, as Nads believes there is so much more to sustainability than simply for the soil. With a mission to protect the planet and the people we share it with, Nads endeavors to connect people back home to themselves through holistic experiences, extending sustainability to the soul. Welcome to the show, Nats. Thank you so much, Bianca. It's really, really lovely to be on here with you. Well, we were talking before about um, how long we've been following each other's journey. And so I'm really excited to connect with you today and also to hear more about how, well, more about you, first of all, and how this concept started, uh, what brought you to Morocco in the first place. Thank you. Um, so actually, um, I'm half Moroccan. However, um, I never really knew too much about my heritage growing up. Um, I'd always been brought, I've been brought up in the UK. Um, but from a young age, I'd always had this like deep desire to travel. Um, so when I was around 22, off I went and it was supposed to be a very short trip for just maybe six, six to eight months but it ended up being about three and a half years <laughs> um, and I think what I what I really learned during that time was um, immersing with local cultures and understanding different ways of life so after that time and um, when I came back to England um, it was at this point like I still felt like there was a part of me that was missing and I guess all these places that seen all the cultures I'd immersed with I still actually hadn't been to explore half of my own culture um so that's kind of how I ended up in Morocco out of curiosity for who I was I guess um there were still parts of me that felt stuck or that I didn't really truly know um who I was until then I landed in Morocco and it, it all started to make a little bit of sense um, definitely certain parts of my personality are very Moroccan um, but yeah once once I came here like I've, I've not been back uh, back since um, I settled here as soon as I came and I explored a little bit and my my family's from Casablanca, but I found roots in in Marrakesh, and I'm very feel very connected to uh, the Amazir tribes, which are the original inhabitants of Morocco. Their values, the way they live, um, it's truly through the heart, and it really really inspired me to kind of share 
this place and this magic with with other people oh wow that's so beautiful I, I can resonate as well you know a lot of uh for me coming back to Malta I think there is a connection to be made with your own personal cultural heritage especially when the culture that you have grown up in is such a contrast uh to the one which potentially your ancestors have grown up in so it's really beautiful to hear that you've made that connection uh so you talk about these values of the culture uh, through not only your own words, but through the words behind Manira Palm and in the language that you use. Talk to us about some of those values, um, not only of the culture, but also of the, the villa. Yeah, so with regards to the villa, I guess, um, one of the core values is community. And that is one of the first things I noticed when I stepped into Morocco. No matter who you are, the door is always open. And if you're ever like, lost or need any help, um, Moroccans truly really live through the heart and like offering a helping hand. And I guess that's what makes the world go round in essence. Like, if we're all in a space willing to share our wisdom and also be open to receiving it, um, I feel like that's where the immense amount of growth comes as a, as a collective. Um, and yeah, so I think one of my main goals with creating Manira Palm was to be able to allow people to come and feel like they're stepping out of their home into another home. So they always feel safe, they always feel welcomed and they always feel supported with the people that are here, whether that's long-term guests or it's just people that are here for one or two nights. Um, so yeah, for me, community is not just one of my personal values as an individual, it's a value of the business and it's also a value of Moroccan people. Um, everything, they do everything together and it's really, really beautiful. Like today's actually Friday here. So Friday in Moroccan culture is um, is like the prayer day. So uh, most people go to the mosque, but then afterwards, it's a really great opportunity for families to come together. It's the day that they're committed to each other and if you don't have a family nearby then you go to your neighbours but no one is ever alone on a Friday and it's it's a very very community driven culture I feel um and yeah I guess with with um with the other two values um the culture and conscious travel um for me one of my most um I guess life-changing experiences was traveling but it was traveling in a way where I was able to see how the other people lived. It put a lot of things into perspective for me coming from a Western Western culture. Um, and I guess that in itself changed my personal values. Um, as I was seeing many, many cultures throughout the world living with not so much, but actually they were so full in the hearts because they valued things that weren't materialistic or they valued the things or the essence of each other the land the soil the fruits of the labor you know and that for me was really special and I see that especially because the villa is is in the the dua so it's out of the city and it's in a local village um, and I see that very much like the people here feel very blessed without very much 
because if they've got food on the, if they've got bread and oil, <laughs> that the, the belly is happy. And if they've got the family nearby, the heart is happy. And I think that's what makes Morocco so magic. Um, so for me, it's very, very important to be able to share that magic with people who come and they can really get a true feel for what it's like here. And um, one, I guess one of my favourite things about the culture is uh, everything is inshallah. So it's the translation in English is uh, if, if God wills it. And this for me first was very shocked because you can't arrange to go for a coffee or anything. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's uh, everything is just if, if, it, if it's meant to be, it will be. And that is the way of life here. Like everything is just, okay, if it's destined in the path, it will happen today. If we're supposed to meet for coffee, there'll be a way for us to meet for coffee. And it really took, it took me time to adjust. But now I've really stepped out of this, I guess, Western organized, routine driven like lifestyle where I was always busy now into living in a more flow state and that as well that being part of the culture is I think when you step into Manira Palm that weight of the world I guess in this the way it is at the moment with work and the pressures of society I feel truly when when you step into the the walls of Manira that weight really does get removed and you, you're able to step into yourself and you're really, really allowed to be. And that very much for me mirrors how Moroccans live. I love that. I mean, so many thoughts going through my mind right now. I, um, I recently just got back from a trip to Egypt, actually, and got to really experience uh, some of that sort of Arabic culture. And one of my favorite words, or phrases that came out of that trip was inshallah because you know it really just it means this state of presence that I think we've really lost in our western societies it's always what are we doing next what are we doing next year what are we doing when we retire um you know another short story that just happened to me today actually I was on the plane on the way back to Malta sitting next to this woman and she's sort of just you know chatting with me asking me a little bit about my life and and she said oh you know where where do you see yourself I was speaking about my nomadic ways and my travels and she says oh where do you see yourself where where is where do you think you'll settle and and I sort of said well I don't really think about that at the moment because I'm really in a state of presence in a state of today and taking one day at a time and, you know, inshallah, just seeing what will happen. And, you know, she, she sort of said to me, but, but, you know, if there was one, if there was one place where you could settle, where would it be? And it's just this, it just reminded me of this mindset that we have about, you know, what is that end goal? What is that end goal? And so I really enjoyed hearing uh, your story about, you know, how that culture and that mentality resonates with you. Uh, and so you mentioned you connected more with that, uh, with Marrakesh. Was the was there any strategic decision around where you decided to uh, have Manira Palm and why that place, why it is located where it is located? Um, yeah, so actually it was... 
originally the idea for Manira Palm, like the project of it, um, kind of immersing people into Moroccan culture, actually came to me whilst I was in India. Um, so when I started exploring Morocco, I knew the idea for the project. However, I didn't really necessarily know the location. Um, so I travelled around a little bit and I found a real deep connection to the Atlas Mountains. In, in, in the mountains, in the Atlas, um, when you visit the, the duars up there or the villages, most of the homes are made out of uh, the soil, out of the earth. So it's very, very sustainable living. So that was one option. Um, the other option was when I was traveling, people, a lot of people said to me they would love to have this experience, but they wouldn't want to do it in a backpacker, like in hostels and things like that. And I guess that made me really think that any you can stay anywhere when you're traveling, but you can still be conscious by the way you travel once you're there. So like if you want to go and stay in an apartment or if you want to go and stay in a five-star resort, all of that in essence is okay. Because if you're supporting the local people with the things you do, then you're giving back to the community. Um, so I suppose for me, coming up with the authentic experiences in eco-luxury was then decided firstly because of what people were saying um, and I've kind of heard a lot of people say this to me and I thought oh there's a real opportunity for this to expand like slow travel or sustainable travel um, to a wider audience not just people who are willing to backpack um, and the second thing it was a little blessing really um, my granddad my English granddad and my dad um, who is Moroccan, uh, bought land here many years ago um, for the develop a development, sorry, a development, <laughs> I can't say the word, uh, a property development venture. <laughs> so, so the land, my dad owns some land here uh, in Marrakesh, actually at the base of the Atlas, um, which was initially going to be sold However, my granddad passed away and he was definitely the business mindset in the family. And there was just this land um, that my dad didn't really want any anything to do with, like in terms of business. Um, he was always really interested in architecture. Um, and it just came about that I'd have this opportunity and we came to some agreement that we were going to make it a family business and he would be able to live his dream as an architect um, and build the property and then I could run my dream as the immersion of a Moroccan culture. So it's like our dreams weren't planned, but they eventually aligned with each other and, yeah, it was it was a very, a very big blessing. Oh, wow. I mean, what better way to use the land than to turn it into something sustainable that really fits in with, as you said, this, uh, this sustainability concept in the area. Um, and, and so you, you speak about Manira Palm being an eco villa. Talk to us about the uh, movement towards sort of no plastic and, um, and waste management, but also in relation to the overall sort of waste management in the country because I know sometimes these parts of the world lack when it comes to waste management so I'd be really interested to hear about your experiences uh, in that area. Yeah so actually 
I actually think Morocco is quite um, at the forefront of sustainable living. Now, I think I have to differentiate here, like with regards to where people live. I think the closer people get into the cities, um, it is becoming a little bit more modernised and Western and those traditional values are lost a little bit. But when you go back, if you look at, especially in the Atlas, if you look around outer city um, villages, then because families actually don't have so much, everything is used. You know, they try the best to grow their own foods. Um, if can, even if they've not really got much land, you know, there's a, when I do a little walk, you know, you see little houses with big paint pots with the soils in growing tomatoes. And they do really, I think, for the most part, the majority of people do the best to be able to live sustainably and minimise waste um, because what they're putting on the table is all they have. And, you know, if they're buying foods, they buy and they eat what's there, you know, there's not really food waste as such. But that I can only talk really about outer city. I've never lived in the city, so I, I don't, know too much about the protocols and things that are in um, the major cities like Rabat, Casablanca, Marrakesh. Um, for Manira Palm, it's really, really important for us to eat as a community, to be able to savour the food and minimise food waste. Um, we're also very, very blessed to have a reservoir um, there has been a little bit of a drought recently in Morocco. This last summer was very, very hot. And this has given us the opportunity to be able to produce food and fresh water at this space. And whilst we're in the first year of cultivation this year, the dream is to be able to produce an abundance of vegetables because most of them are not going to be used they will be used as part of the as, as part of the guest house, but um, also if there's any, you know, when there is extra, which hopefully, inshallah, <laughs> there will be, then that will be an opportunity to provide to local communities that may not have the same water facilities that we do, um, to be able to share that vegetables and to share that produce of the natural water springs that are being pulled up through through Manira Palm. Um, we also um, endeavour to minimise our water waste. Um, everything is uh, used on a solar panel, so the hot water comes as, as the sun comes up. <laughs> um, and we have water tanks for, for the house and for showers and, and things like that. Um, and yeah, everything, all the all the food scraps, all the cardboard, any any paper waste, all this stuff is just re reused back into the earth. And um, it was really interesting actually. Like before we got our compost bins, we were just digging holes into the into the ground and putting the scraps uh, in the earth. And this year, because it's our first year of uh, vegetable growing <laughs> permaculture I guess if that's the right word um there's a courgette plant and, and three tomato trees that have just come up from the earth like with no seeds or anything it's just from the scraps from last year I've just regrown and I think that for me like it just it's the simplest things 
like life is abundant all around us and even waste itself magically reappears as fruit again it's like it relives itself so I guess like even seeing that just come to fruition this year has really really honed in deep within me the importance of striving to reuse always because there isn't really much thing as waste especially if you're being conscious about minimizing plastic and and things like that yeah it really just reminds me of this you know constant cycle of death and rebirth and death and rebirth and how really there is beauty in these little things and you're really painting such a gorgeous picture for us so I'm so glad we touched on that topic and I think also you know just back to what we were talking about before uh, sustainability in these more remote areas I really think there is a correlation between a more sustainable lifestyle and anti-materialism you know so if I think back to some of the places in this world where I've experienced this true sustainability of living off the land you know it's places like rural Nepal what you're describing and I think we can learn so much from these types of ways of living. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us. I just wanted to move on to, uh, so I'm sure many people listening to this will be curious about travels to Morocco. What are some basic information you can share with somebody who would be interested in planning their travels to Morocco? Um, I think... The most important thing is um, if you come with an open heart, you will leave with a full heart. And this is something that I think really helps um, people when they're traveling in a new country. The best experiences are with the local people and it's to trust trust the the path that's going to unfold when you come to Morocco because it's a mad place it really is and like you can't plan anything like you can plan to an extent with excursions and things but um I do think eat eat locally the smaller the chairs the better the food there's always the best breakfast on the roadside and it's normally just a guy with a cat, a little cart and a, and a stove top pot. <laughs> so definitely go on for a roadside breakfast. Um, the best breakfast is either Bissara or Lubia. Um, the other thing is what I would highly, highly recommend is bartering. Now, this is what I've noticed with guests that have stayed with me. There's always a little bit of fear around bartering. Because, because most things are quite cheap compared to like the UK or Europe, there's always like a fear that, oh, well, it's okay, it's only this much money anyway. But bartering is part and parcel of Moroccan culture. And it's just a bit of fun. It happens, I mean, I have to barter for my vegetables when I go to the suck every week. So <laughs> it's, Moroccans have to do it and it really allows you to, this is what Moroccan culture is about. And by having that little play with people in the Medina, in the sucks, if you can learn the basics, like bizarre is like a lot. The Mor- Moroccan people would like open their hearts so much to see that, whoa, like, yeah like they're immersing themselves in the culture and also this is a really major thing for the inflation of the economy as well because 
especially in the Medina, around all the cities, actually. Um, they're finding because tourists are coming and paying really, really inflated prices for the products. The rent is going up in the stalls. Then it's moving local people out of the Medina. It gets a bit complicated and it gets a little bit, uh, not political as such, but it does drive the economy really high, which obviously then local people do suffer, um, especially if foreigners are coming in and, and, and paying an extortionate amount for something that would, would not cost that much really here in Morocco. Um, another tip I would say is with regards to buying things, try and find the source, try and go direct to the artisan. Like there's so, so, so many beautiful products here in Morocco and the rugs, the cushions. And if you go direct to the artisan, you are giving them the gift for their work, you know, and that is really, really important because the skill that goes into making tapestry and other things like this is um it's a lot and you don't you rarely see it see it anywhere else and I mean the colors there's so much value in the patterns um that are placed on cushions and most come from uh Amazir background and a lot of the a lot of the symbols, a lot of the patterns that are on these um, products have so much meaning and depth that if you go to the source, you get to find out truly what it is you're buying. What is the message of this cushion? What is the what is the meaning of this rug? Um, there's so much more to it than just a pretty pattern. And I think to be able to share that experience with the person who made it can be very, very rewarding. Thank you for sharing those tips. Yeah, I think, you know, what you were just saying, I remember being in Turkey and really uh, understanding about how these rugs are made. And sometimes you're talking months and months of work. You know, we we go in and we just see a rug or a scarf or, and it's this is all over the world as well. And we often forget about the artisans behind this work and how sometimes they are, not getting even a portion of the amount of uh, money which these these items are sold for and and I think it was also really interesting of you to bring in the other perspective around bartering I think there's this uh, common idea that because certain currencies are worth more than others that oh it's okay you know it's just one euro it's just one dollar but you're right it does push up inflation and this is happening all over the world. And so it's a very, very important perspective. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Uh, and so what can someone expect from their stay in Manira, Palm? So at Manira, it is anything is possible. I try my best to personalize each uh each holiday for for someone depending on what it is they want i have a lot of different packages that are available whether it's food immersion cultural immersion and nature or well-being stay um so for me it's really about understanding the intention of people coming to morocco and i'm really trying to facilitate people getting their most magnificent magical holiday 
I'm very, very lucky to have developed relationships with local artisans, whether it's pottery, henna, rug making, that all offer workshops, not only here, but in the in the local villages, in the homes. Um, and this is really, really special because over the time that Manira Palm has been running, it's been described a number of times as this hub for healing because there's a certain energy in this place that has been built upon by the magic that has come through this place. The people that have got their stories to share and their talents. And there is so much healing properties in food, in in yoga, in meditation, in pottery, in gardening. And all this can happen here. And no matter what your drive is to heal or no matter what your drive is to find peace some people might want to do it in the kitchen some people might want to do it through art and I think that is what really the essence of Manira Palm is it's to just to create space for people to explore who they are and to find that freedom by immersing within within the culture um yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I feel like I feel really, really grateful actually right now. Like in this moment, when I think about this space, sometimes I have to pinch myself that, like, this is this is a reality and like this vision. I I started this project just because I love traveling and I love how healing for me it was, um, but over time I've 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 seen how many things in this world that are so readily available here in Morocco can also provide that same level of healing for other people. Yeah, and I think it's just about bringing that together and really, really understanding and being able to offer personalised cultural Moroccan magical experiences. That's so beautiful. I think we're all healing and whatever means comes into our life to allow us to do so, especially if it's something as beautiful as experiencing a different culture and, and seeing different perspectives and taking small bite-sized pieces from these things and uh, taking them with you on your own personal healing journey. Uh, I, I agree. It's something to be truly grateful for. So I certainly feel inspired today as well. Um, how can our listeners just find out more about, about Manira Palm and about you and where can they follow along? Yeah, so my, uh, the website for Manira Palm is www.manirapalm.com and there's everything from the story to the the space um, and what's coming up if there's any retreats happening throughout the year all that information can be found on there also on the website there's links to my email address my telephone number um, and if anyone has any questions they can feel free to reach out to me directly and I would be more than happy to jump on a call or respond via text however however people prefer and I'm generally updated I'm quite active I try I'm trying to be more active on social media um, and the tag for for Manira Palm is at Manira Palm dot Marrakesh 
Well, thank you so much for bringing your welcoming energy to the show today. Uh, for everybody listening, I'll put all that information in the description for the podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please like and subscribe. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Nads. It was such a pleasure to speak to you. And maybe, inshallah, one day I will be in Morocco to meet you in person. <laughs> inshallah. Thank you so much. It's been so lovely.